1: this is New York, Yankee Sports Talk yep. Swinging for the fences, knock it out the park This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk Woo. Christian and Chris, of course SGR yeah. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk Record rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas
0: Welcome back. This is episode 320 of the NYYST podcast. We are live on NYY News TV. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And now he's got the Tyler Wade. No SGR tonight. Wow. Sad night. It's that night. Uh, You had uh, the Tyler Wade running through your house last week. It's been everybody, do, dude. I'm everybody not kidding. Everyone's
1: that, been sick since October. It's just every few weeks the kids bring it home from school. The kids weren't in school for two well, years.
0: you're an, ant, I mean, an anti vaxxer. No yeah, I'm an anti vaxx.
1: Okay. And, uh, and my kids didn't go to school for two years because of our wonderful governor and uh, killed their fucking
0: immune system. So now, go, okay, Governor Murphy. Okay. Okay. I never forget him. He's he's something else. That guy. He's Another,
1: he, he's <laughs> just not only an awful. He's not just an awful governor. He just is creepy. Like even like putting politics aside, he's just a creepy. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. He's just a creepy individual.
0: Well, here's the, uh, if you take COVID away, because you can't. Everybody that governed governed during this time period has COVID on their ledger, right? His big thing that he did was bag plastic uh, bags. He he banned plastic bags.
1: Awful. Like out of everything he's done uh, other than masking my fucking kids. I got to say the bags are just, I can't get over it.
0: What has that really done for us?
1: I can't get past it, man. I, I don't want to. Don't get me started, bro. Please. Get started.
0: Please. I'm somebody that works in grocery stores. Okay. So this affects me more than it affects you. Like, okay, I'm going to go home today. I got to go pick up something. And, you know, you never just pick up one thing. You now I'm walking out like this all the time. It's crazy, man. And, and then they want
1: you to bring your own bag. I mean, it's just, it's
0: crazy. Okay. Okay. So we got a lot to talk about this week. The Yankees are in camp right now, so uh, I believe the first uh, game is Saturday, but you won't be able to watch it. It all happens so quick. Why wouldn't I be able to watch it? No, none of us will.
1: Oh, it's not televised.
0: No, it is televised. Ooh. Or it's Sunday, I think. <laughs> I think it's Sunday's the first game that will be on. Yes.
1: Okay. Why wouldn't any of us be able to? Televised?
0: No, we can just just six hours later. Oh. It's- why? Because they're gonna. They think covering the nets is more important. Oh than, yeah. Uh, Talk about.
1: I I feel like New York just has the bug right now of just teams and organizations that can't get their shit together. You have a couple that are on the right path, right? I think the Mets are on the right path. I think the Giants okay. are definitely on the right path. I
0: mm. I
1: think the the Rangers, the New York Rangers.
0: The ranges, Uh,
1: you know, they had a little bit of a of a rebuild or whatever you want to call it. But I still feel like they're competitive. But we got to bring something back. The Knicks are okay. (sighs) Come on, they're not bad. They're like the fourth, the they just can't get over the hump, though.
0: Uh Come on. Here's what the problem is. There's some, some. There's something fundamentally wrong with everybody, every team in this city. There's something just even when it looks like things are going right, things go wrong. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> you mentioned the Giants. I don't. I don't want. I. I just need to speak this out loud once because I don't know anybody else that are Giant fans like. You thought this thing with Daniel Jones was going to be easy. Now it's the most colossally fucked up thing in the whole world. Now. Oh, they're having just, issues with with his contract. Well, because he switched agents. Now he's gonna. Now apparently he wants forty five million dollars a year. It's just nothing is ever easy. This is what the this is what it is, and like I just went through all this trauma, and I, I'm not putting Daniel Jones on Aaron Judge's level, obviously. But we just went through all this trauma in free agency with Aaron Judge. I thought that re-signing Daniel Jones was going to be an easy thing, and now we have to deal with this shit again. It's just nothing is ever fucking easy around yeah. here anymore. Yeah, maybe remember- that's every maybe that's every big market team. I don't know. I just remember the days of winning championships and like, oh, you know, we traded David Wells today. Who do we get? Roger Clemens. Right. Here's two more world Here's two more World Series. Like, those. where right. are those days? Yeah, they are big. Now our big, uh, big maneuver is to stick our all-world right fielder and left field, apparently. Listen,
1: before we go down that path, we already have a super chat from Big Sexy Yankee. He said, oh, boy. Uh, if one of the greatest hitters, Miguel Cabrera, hasn't hit well since he was 34 and he's 39 now, what makes Boone believe a 38-year-old Donaldson will?
0: The oh, answer we'll is he hands. doesn't.
1: I mean he doesn't. And we'll definitely get to all that. We have uh, we have uh, some right? we have some Boone audio from this week.
0: So I think before we get into Aaron Judge, let's go back to last week. Let's work our way forward okay. here. Okay. Okay. So right, Pete had it first. Okay. He did. He did. Frankie Frankie Montas? Joint shoulder shoulder surgery. Easy for me to say. Shoulder surgery.
1: Now. Okay. Before we go any further, let me ask you a quick question.
0: Uh-huh. Okay?
1: How many months has it been since since he's been injured?
0: Initially? Uh,
1: how many months has it been since he originally, initially went on the IL with the Yankees?
0: Was he was on the IL August, September, somewhere in there? And was right?
1: it and was it his shoulder? He was on the IL for. I just want to oh, get all y- the okay, facts yes. straight. Okay, okay. It's now what? It's now what month are we in? We're going into what month? March. Okay. okay when does the season start? In March. Well, okay. The end, of end of March. Right. March. And how many months is he going to miss from this surgery?
0: Uh, All of them. But the Yankees are going to tell you that he is optimistically going to be back at the uh, tail end of the second half of the season.
1: Okay. So let's just, for argument's sake right now, because the Yankees want to, you know, tout that right now.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: For argument's sake, let's just assume that's true, which it's not. If he got the surgery, maybe, if they knew – Like, who's it on here? Why is it so many months later that he all of a sudden
0: needs surgery? Well, I know you don't remember this because you got punched in the face while we were arguing about it. Yeah, I know. I remember this. What they kind of did with Luis Severino, right? Well, it's
1: kind of what I was going back to. I mean, why does this happen? Look, everyone in every organization is going to make mistakes throughout life. And mistakes are fine. So long as you learn from them. And I just feel like the biggest frustration that I have with the Yankees beyond everything Cashman's done and all that shit is that they just don't seem to learn from their mistakes. They just don't seem to be proactive. They seem to constantly be reactive to everything. And I just don't understand. And maybe I'm ignorant to it. Maybe I don't know the full process. Maybe, I mean, obviously people want to avoid surgery at all costs, right? But, I mean, we're talking about a guy here who... It's your job. It's the Yankees' job to to make him look good to us at this point. And if you see something in there and he's been hurt and he's not 100%, why not be a little more proactive here and, 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 and attentive to what he might need to be ready to go to well, prove to us whole, that he's a decent player?
0: There's a whole timeline of events here that I don't think is being spoken about enough. I've seen people bring it up, but it's not really at the forefront of this. Okay, the trade is made. And then we know he's hurt at the time of the trade because his, his initial start, he was limited, blah, blah, blah. And then he got hurt while he was here. IL stint. Okay, so now you have all this time that passes. And whenever it was, I don't remember. You know, my life has been upside down since November, so I don't remember exact things anymore, okay? Just being honest with everybody. When the... Uh, non tendering process goes or the tendering process arbitration, whatever you want to call it, goes through. The Yankees have to make a decision on Frankie Montas, which they did. They offered him and he accepted. Uh, I believe it was $8 million, which I think at the time we're all saying, hey, if this guy's going to be your five. He's healthy. Makes a lot of sense, right? Right. Then, Then the news comes out a couple weeks later. Oh, well, Frankie Montas is behind schedule, shoulder, blah, blah, blah. He's going to miss the first month of the season. Then it comes out that he's going to have surgery. He's going to miss the entire—I not i believe it when I see it. He's going to miss the entire season. What did the Yankees know when they offered Frankie Montas that contract?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question that we'll probably never know because we'll never know for sure because this team has, has progressively gotten less transparent—
0: what did the Yankees know when they made the trade for him?
1: That he, uh, what, th- Obviously that he had a bum shoulder. I mean.
0: What did the Yankees doctors see that said, okay, well, yeah, we're going to take him on right now. He's hurt, but this is not going to be a problem for the next year and a half. You which know, you know now what now they saw?
1: Is. You know what they saw? They're The general manager botching uh, the guy they should have gotten and and having
0: to make up for that. But, no, this is way worse. This is worse than doing nothing. I didn't like the trade for Frankie Montas, and I think I'm pretty much on record here. If somebody wants to pull receipts right ahead, I didn't like the trade. I thought, yeah, sure, Frankie Montas, but I didn't like settling for Frankie Montas. That was not me. That's not something I wanted to do. The Yankees did it, and now we can see what a failure it's been. Like I said last week, I I can't yell and scream about Brian Cashman anymore. It's just, uh, I'm done. It is what it is. He's here. But... You have to look at things now as, can we trust this guy to make the proper maneuvers? And I looked at it, if you look at the last two years, and I'm going to say this, take Anthony Rizzo out of the equation. okay? Because I think he's worked, right? Would you not say Anthony Rizzo's worked here? Yes. Rizzo was a great move. Outside of that, and I'm going to also say this. Ignore Holmes, ignore Peralta, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Give me the trade that Brian Cashman has made that has worked out for the Yankees. And I know I'm taking out all the good ones, but I'm going to but I'm going to explain uh, Holmes and Peralta in a second. Name me the trade and he's made a lot of what you would call major deals in that Joey Gallo, IKF Donaldson, Montas, they're, they're there. What's the one that's worked out? Would you say Ben Benintendi is a fluke thing? It didn't work out because of a fluke injury. I mean, I, I don't take that away from Cashman. That's one that I don't think he should be knocked for. But look at Scott Efros. Guy's gonna need, that guy needed Tommy John surgery. Yeah, you know, you could say, well, that's a fluke thing. But is it though? When it when that type of stuff continually happens to the Yankees, I'm not saying they knew. Maybe maybe they didn't know about Efros potentially need something like that, but you know, it just goes along that track record with them now. But you know, you look at Joey Gallo. Hey, listen, I want a Joey Gallo. I'm never going to, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I didn't, but I'm not privy to the information the Yankees have where the Yankees were told, Hey, this guy doesn't have the heart for New York. He's not built for New York. And Brian Cashman was like, beep, bop, boop, bop, beep. This is just a computer. Doot, doot, do, <laughs> boop, bop. Right. And traded for the guy and it was a colossal failure, right? Okay. Okay. We all know, I mean, we've talked about IKF, we talked about the Donaldson deal, we talked about Montas ad nauseum. What, what has about, he done? Did you say Trevino? Well, there you go. That's a that's a great point. And I put po- and I had a whole thread about this on Twitter during the week. And people were like, Well, what about Trevino? What about Trevino? Well, yeah. I mean platinum glove catcher, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All-star. Well, you would say that he, that was a great trade. Brought him in here. He, was, he would he was nothing more than a backup, became an all-star.
1: Right. In a vacuum, great trade.
0: Why is why is Jose Trevino a New York Yankee? Because, because, because the son, guy why? that
1: our GM thought was the answer doesn't exist. You can show me all the videos you want of him, but until he puts on the pinstripes and takes in at bat, to me, he doesn't exist.
0: So, Ben Wartvet was part... This is what a lot of people don't know. Ben Wartvet was part of the IKF and Donaldson trade. He was the catcher that Brian Cashman wanted to platoon with Kyle Higashioka. Problem was, he traded for him while he was hurt. Where have we heard that one before, (laughs) Chris? Ben Wartvet, who, believe it or not... The Cashman special. actually, Actually got called up at some point in 2022... I believe he was on the bench at some point, uh, and then went back down to, um, Sprint. So I, I do believe he exists, although I, I personally cannot verify this. But the guy you traded for couldn't couldn't make the club because he was hurt. You had to go out there and get Jose Trevino. It turned out to be dumb luck that the Yankees got a player as good as Trevino, but that was not the plan, right? So why could you say that's a good trade that Cashman made? He she made that out of pure desperation.
1: And here's how I think of things too, right? I, th- I you have to think of things in the in the eyes of the GM. So given all the facts that we have, you you can't tell me with a straight face that Cashman sat there and said, "This is our guy." I'm actually glad Benny got hurt here. Because I actually really, I think Trevino is going to be a platinum gold glove winner.
0: Because you would have went out and got him.
1: And he's going to be
0: great. You wouldn't have waited until... Right. Before the season so, does he go. get credit for, for
1: facing adversity and figuring that out? Yeah, you have to give him credit. That's only fair. But I'm not going to praise him for it. I'm not going to put that on his ledger of, you know... The, I'm not going to put that as part of the pile of evidence I have that he's a good, competent GM right now. I'm just
0: not. And the reason in here, we'll go back to this. Why did I take away Holmes and uh, Wandi Peralta? What was the risk involved in that? None. So Brian Cashman, to his credit, is good at those types of deals. Where there is absolutely no risk involved for the Yankees. Wandy Peralta has balls of steel. I love Wandy Peralta. Okay. Great trade. No risk involved. You traded Mike Tachman for him. Wandy fails is a, you know, a nothing four plus CRA reliever. Who cares? You traded Mike Tachman for him. Clay Holmes, the Yankees saw something in him. And if he turns out to be the Clay Holmes of the first half and it is our closer for the next two, three years and is a top closer in this sport, hey, credit to Brian Cashman. But you traded two guys you had no use for and I forget the other guy's name, in Hoy Park. These are not, That's nothing. You yeah. had no risk involved. So when there's no risk involved, just like when the Yankees traded uh, for Gio Rochelle for use Hyundai, right? <laughs> and Gio Rochelle turned out to be a really good baseball player. No risk involved. Same thing with Luke Voigt. They traded it for Jason Shreve. They got a starting first baseman for a year. Oof. No risk involved, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are the moves that Cashman is good at, and that is okay if you're, if you're the general manager of the Pirates, of the Reds, of the Royals. It's not okay when you're the manager of the Yankees and you need to and have to make big-time <laughs> trades, and he's failed at that time and time again over the last couple of years outside of anthony rizzo and again and now i've seen which uh, what was another... the
1: risk for him by the way
0: well not nothing really because the two of the two guys that the cubs got one of them's not even in the organization anymore and al contero who's a left who is an outfielder and i saw an article written by another outlet today saying that um now they have to call the Rizzo uh, trade into question because they saw Al Cantera hit a 460-foot home run in batting practice, and we could really use him right now. Okay, 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 okay. So there you go. But still, you know, Rizzo is not a – maybe there's not a risk on the Yankee side, but Rizzo is a legitimate all-star level-ish well, I think the I player. think the
1: context of the trade too trade deadline they needed some reinforcements and it was just a it was a good move, it was an all around but, good trade.
0: So I give him credit for that one. But look at what else he's done, Chris. It's not like the Yankees haven't done nothing because they have. They've done a lot of things. Nothing is working.
1: Yeah, and, and big sexy Yankee, another super chat. Thank you. He said only jam in all five sports with a lifetime contract. That is true. But this goes back, but, and I, I and I would, five sports and yeah. I, maybe he's concluding soccer. Um, okay. Okay. Teach their own. Okay. Um, so th- if I can find the episode, I wish I could, but it wasn't that long ago. It was right after the season or yeah, it had to be right after this past season. I talked about, I laid out the Yankees blueprint and that blueprint is the same thing over and over again. And you're, and it's kind of coming to fruition now and, and it's being exposed is that the Yankees, their game plan is be be good enough, be relevant, put people in the seats. We know they always will, and that's the obvious part, right? But the underlying issue is not that they don't spend money. It's that they don't, we have a GM who doesn't know how to spend it, which we again, we all know. But the underlying part, the part that people hadn't realized maybe until now that I said months ago, is that the other part of the equation is when we are going to make trades, there will not be a risk involved because we will not jeopardize this game plan moving forward just to win right now. So, so long as they have the guys that they think they need in
0: place. I don't know if I agree with that. Why? Because the Yankees have made trades for win now, you don't think Frankie Montas is a win now trade? No. What do you mean? No, no? the
1: win now trade was Castillo, dude. Don't even give me that shit.
0: The win and now John trade now, was Castillo. How, wait, wait. No, I agree. Castillo's the guy, but you don't. That's not for the future. Brian Cashman made that deal in mind to win now. Okay, fine, but it's still the wrong
1: move. Right, I if agree with truly, that. If he truly, if he truly was doing it to win now the move wouldn't have been Frankie Montas.
0: No, that I agree with. If you're So that's that, my point. Mean, yes, okay, that I agree with. That's my point they, because, my, because okay. the win
1: now guy, Castillo, okay. would have done what if we didn't win with him? What would it have done? Jeopardize the future. And guess what? Here's the worst part of the whole game plan is that they jeopardize their own future because, again, for the hundredth time, when they do hang on to these prospects when they do keep the guys that they won't get rid of for the win now guys like Castillo do they even come to fruition do they even show up and and play like we
0: expected them to play well this has not worked out for them recently
1: right so so it's a they're in a it's almost like a loop it's like a feedback loop of just the same shit over and over and over again.
0: So we asked the fans to uh, vote on what trade was the worst one by Brian Cashman. We had a lot of polls this week. Uh-huh. Uh, Frankie Montas or the Donaldson IKF trade. And the fans voted 54% for Frankie Montas. That was the worst trade that Brian that Cashman tight. made last That was
1: a tight race. Would you agree? Yeah. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree, too. Because I'd have to say this. As much as I hate IKF being the solution last year, offensively, he wasn't terrible. And in my opinion, he's just played out of position. I think he was terrible at shortstop. They tried to gaslight us all year and tell us he was one of the best. He was one of the worst. And Donaldson, on the flip side of that, was didn't exist offensively, but he was great at third. So, at least we got so, something there. Uh,
0: so, I was watching this video today of a little highlight video of some guys in the cage. And Wash Donaldson was in the video. And I'm watching him hit. And this is me. Okay? I had nine innings in varsity baseball. Mm-hmm. Nine. Enough mm-hmm. to earn a letter. So, who, I, what do I know? Right? Okay. But he drops his hands. Goes back? No, he goes back. I forget now. I forget. But he he's got two maneuvers back. It's either back down or down back. I gotta watch. I watched it a hundred times and I can't remember. But he's got two moves with his hands before his hands get in the hitting zone. Yeah. Maybe that worked for him in his prime when he had bat speed. But he can't catch up to fastballs anymore. Yeah. So he needs to be a lot quicker to the baseball.
1: Yeah. And does he have a big step? I can't remember.
0: I don't think it's. I don't think it's big. I think a lot, like of, it, a lot of time, it's, it's
1: a lot of time, it's that step too. But you're right. I mean, it shouldn't be but, a, us saying this shit. You got to simplify things.
0: Like, if, if I see that, I saw that in a two second video. I saw that. Where are the Yankee coaches? Where's somebody telling him, "Hey, listen, you got to be a lot quicker to the ball here. All this, man, all this maneuvering, bro. You got to get a lot quicker, and you got to get your bat into the hitting zone a lot faster." Look, I don't want him here. I, 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 you know, I pretty much said that numerous times. I called the guy Wash Thompson. You know, why would I want to keep a guy around that I, I refer to in that? But if he's going to be here, I want him to be good. Yeah, of course. So why isn't nobody looking at that and saying, "Hey, you know what, bro? You got to you got to fix your swing a little bit." I know you're a former MVP, all these accolades, blah, blah blah, but you suck right now. And if you continue to have this type of movement in your hands. You're going to be terrible again this
1: year. It's probably a little more difficult with a guy who's 38 years old and been in the league for so long and and had and had good success. Get him out. I'm not saying it's him being stubborn. Maybe you know, maybe he's not. But at the end of the day, I feel like it comes. It comes down to the player.
0: What is the likelihood the Yankees have said anything to him about this? Probably not good. It's probably pretty low. Okay, that's my point. So now, if if I don't even know who the hitting coach is this year. Didn't they fire Marcus Tims? Yeah. I don't even know who the hell it is. I mean, I should know that, right? I think that's something that we should know. Let's look that up.
1: Well, you know what it is? The Yankees have like 10 different hitting coaches now.
0: Yeah, but they have a main one. They hired him last year.
1: He was, he was there all last year.
0: Dylan Lawson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he sounds good. If he brings that to Donaldson's attention, and Donaldson tells him, "I'm oh, a former MVP, bro," and he continues to do that shit, then that's on him. But what do you think? What do you think, Aaron Boone? You think Aaron Boone actually had that conversation with, with Wash Donaldson, be like, "Listen, you know, simplify your hands a little bit here." You think yeah. he had that conversation with him?
1: Maybe. I mean, you got it. There's a lot of shit to take into account too. I mean,
0: I'm not giving switching, the, the benefit. Of the switching
1: right his now. hands at this point in his career could really fuck him up even more than he's been. But it's uh, worth a shot. I mean, how much work? Right, it, it's worth a shot. You got to change something up. You can't look lost on the fact. It's not just his timing, though. It, it's everything because how many how many fastballs down the plate did he take? I mean, it's just everything. It's it's his whole approach that needs to change. You know, big sexy right, he- Yankee. Real quick, thanks for another super chat. Being swept at home by the Astros, it's like it hasn't affected Cashman at all. You don't see him at least trying for a trade for a left fielder. Well. It's part of the gaslighting, right? He had the money to get Rodon, which we were all excited for. Um, the owner stepped in and had the money to pay for Judge, and we were all happy and 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 whatnot. And then, you know, Cashman took back over and was tasked with, you know, making a couple of trades here to really to really solidify this team, and once again failed. Failed to do anything.
0: Well, I think he was. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here. I think he was involved in Brian Reynolds trades and trade talks for him, but are you trading two of your top three prospects for Brian Reynolds? No, this look, is what we talked we about. We have to
1: be realistic. And I know we said this a couple of weeks ago. As much as I knock Cashman for not trading the big prospects for the guys that I think can put us over the top to win, like a Castillo last year, I also I also am I'm not going to rip him. For holding on to them and refusing a trade for a guy that yeah would make this team better and yeah would get Aaron Hicks the hell out of here, but isn't I'd rather take the risk. It's all risk reward, man. I'd rather take the risk and see what what Volpe and whoever else and and Dominguez have, whoever else they wanted have, than to say we need Reynolds here right now because he's going to
0: make us a World Series contender. But that's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about next. Is this the ultimate smart or Yankees, Aaron Judge, in left field?
1: I think it really is, dude. I think it really
0: is. Now, right before we came on, Arby, in the, uh, in the NYY News TV uh, chat here, um, he sent this, and this is a quote from Aaron Judge. I did mention it to them about if we need to get Big G in right field at Yankee Stadium, put me in left. I don't mind it. I don't mind switching around so we can have me, Bader, and Big G out there. We'll get some reps hopefully in spring, and we'll get comfortable out there. I don't believe for one second this was Aaron Judge's idea. I think he's towing the company line right now. I honestly think this is another just – is it the worst idea they have ever had? No, I don't think it's the worst idea they ever had, but I also think it's a pretty stupid idea.
1: Well, here's my issue. The first first thing I'm going to say is your point on that judge didn't bring it up. No, he was called into a meeting. He said this, and they told him why they wanted it, and he agreed. Okay, here's because your
0: forty. This is what your forty million right. dollars buys, you Aaron. You have right. to. You, now you have to do the cuckery too. Because it,
1: because is Aaron Judge going to refuse to play any position? If they want him to fucking catch, he would catch. You want to know why? Because he's a ball player.
0: You know what? Don't fucking put that out in the
1: universe. Yeah, because we know that that's happened before. Um, but here's my here's my bigger issue. And I know it's I know I'm I'm predicting the worst here. But my bigger issue is that they're gonna do this, and I guarantee you they still don't play Giancarlo Stanton enough to make this even worth it. I guarantee you that for the most part, judges in right, big G's DHing. And every now and then, they'll throw him out there in right field and then make Judge push over to, to left. And that's where I have a problem. If you're going to make him the left fielder, which is, in my opinion, stupid just on its face, but if you're going to do it, commit to it. Commit to it. He's your left fielder. Commit to it. Let him take reps out there. That's his primary position. But they're not going to commit
0: to Stanton 100 Exactly my point. That's, That's exa- not so we're sacrificing
1: a guy who is arguably one of the best defensive outfielder, center or right, really, and has one of the best arms out there. We're sacrificing his position so that we can put a guy out there that is barely going to play still because the Yankees are going to baby him just to get D.J. LeMayu more at-bats because they won't sit Donaldson and just put him at third. That's exactly what's happening, and it's disgusting.
0: Well, you brought up DJ LeMayu. This is an Aaron Hicks problem. Or it is a DJ. Oh, LeMayu I disagree
1: problem. 100%. Real quick, because no. this is a big super chat. The largest we've gotten, I think, from Ra. My man. Oh, Ra. What's he said, up, bro? my brothers, the Yankees philosophy <laughs> with shortstop this year is killing me. The Yankees have commitment issues. They need to commit to Peraza. They are playing musical chairs with shortstop. Peraza is the best shortstop here. Listen, Rod. Thanks, man. But they're playing musical chairs with everyone, and just and just to go back to to what we were saying here, I think it's way more of a DJ issue than it than a Hicks issue. Could couldn't they just release Hicks?
0: I mean, they could, but they not. could,
1: right? Couldn't they just put Cabrera in left field? I don't. Want I don't them think to. this is a Hicks issue. I think this is a DJ issue because they don't know where to play him, and they need to open up the DH spot they're going to for for 80% 60 70% of the season they're going to put him in and give guys days off and they'll put him anywhere except short they're going to do that but on the days when they want g out there he's going to dh so they could play okay. their shitty
0: infield okay but for the second year in a row now we're entertaining, at least entertaining. Last year they did it until they traded for, until Bader was healthy. And that's another one. Oh, we love Bader. That was another one we forgot. We love Bader so much, right? And I do. I love Bader. But was he not in a walking boot when we traded for him? Yes. Did we not not weaken our starting rotation for a guy that we didn't even really know if we were going to see him in the 2022 regular season? I mean, come on now. These are all... Anyway... I just get tired of, of talking about this, and people think it's okay that Brian Cashman is still the general manager of this team because they win every year. What do they win? Yeah. It, Honestly, what the, what, it, if the idea is to be good, then never fire Brian Cashman. If the idea is to win 90-plus games and guarantee yourself a spot on the postseason, the best. then never fire him. He's the best because, at it. Because with what house... We've seen him colossally fuck up the payroll. He did it last year, and they still won a division. If the goal is to win a World Series, then you have to get rid of him. I think that's the that's the simplest and easiest way you can you can say it.
1: I agree, big sexy Yankee. Thanks for another super chat. Sopranos trivia for Christian. Wow, oh
0: boy, season
1: two when mm-hmm. Richie, what is it, a Mm-hmm. punches Janice in the mouth. Okay. When she goes to get the gun, mm-hmm. what does Richie serve himself from from the frying pan on the plate? A a steak, B chicken, C salmon.
0: I don't re- honestly. I'll be honest. I don't remember. I just remember him eating uh, macaroni before he got. I would. Go I do remember chicken. him going. I I do remember him going in a frying pan, but I never paid that much attention to it. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna go chicken. I'm gonna go chicken. Um, so let's just do something fun real quick. Let's right. go around the horn, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's start in left field.
0: Right.
1: Let's assume Judge is, is the left fielder. The answer is mm-hmm. chicken, by the way. Oh wait, mm. that wasn't him. I don't have confirmation on that. Okay, let's just assume it's it's Judge in left. Okay. Okay. See a primary left fielder?
0: No, he's not a left fielder. Okay.
1: Let's go to center. Bader, primary center fielder. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. elite. I love. I love. I think the beta trade is going to be end up being great. Let's go to right field. Who's our right fielder? Stan? Does is he at this point in his career? Would you consider him an everyday right fielder? Nope. When's the last time he's played right field for uh, for a consistent amount of time? you oh, when he was in the Mar with the Marlins, I guess. Yeah, probably. It was a stake, by the way. Thanks, big sexy uh-huh. Yankee. Uh-huh. Okay. Now let's go to third. Good third baseman, right? Defensively. Hmm. Um, would you say he's he contributes to the team offensively in any way?
0: Are you talking about Washington? Yes.
1: No. Okay. Let's go to shortstop. IKF. Is he a primary shortstop?
0: He's not the shortstop. Okay. Okay,
1: but if he, if and when he is, no. Okay, no. not a primary shortstop. Praza. Do we know anything about him? Other than the the glimpse of what we saw last year,
0: yeah, he's an actual shortstop.
1: Okay, but but is he is he the future shortstop? You think? Yeah. Oh, you do? do? Yeah. Oh, okay. You don't think they're going to move him when Volpe comes up? Their, no, their prized position. I, I, I
0: honestly think. Oh,
1: you think he's a future yeah, shortstop?
0: Okay. The more I more I think about it, I think they're going to move Volpe. Oh, okay. Which which will which I want to talk about in a second. Okay.
1: Uh, second, the second baseman was he a, was he a primary shortstop? Was that I mean a second baseman was that where they. In Torres, was he, was that his position?
0: Uh, no. They, oh, he was a shortstop, no. right? Didn't they play him
1: yeah. at shortstop for a while? And then what happened? Yeah, yeah. Not that then, they, out. then they moved him back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we have Rizzo. Great. Hurt all the time. What about our, uh, our catcher? Was he supposed to be a guy that was there?
0: Oh, Higgy? Yeah, they love Higgy.
1: My boy Trevino. I mean, no, I mean, everywhere you go in this field, it's just, it's just something. You can say something. Now you're the one guy that you didn't have anything to say about, and Aaron Judge, you're going to fuck with that now.
0: Well, that's the point. You want to say, can he play left field? Sure, I'm sure Aaron Judge can play left field. You said he was a great defensive center fielder. I personally disagree with that. I thought he was adequate. I thought he was good enough. He didn't grade out highly by defensive metrics in center field. and his Oh, now you're me, going by metrics. No, but I'm just telling you, based on what I saw, can he play center field? Sure. Do I want to him playing center field? No, I don't think that's his best position. I don't think he's great out there. I don't think he has a center fielder's arm. I think he has a right fielder's arm, which is, there, there are two different things. I think you you weaken one of his strongest suits by playing him in center field. Okay, and you do that more than
1: more than anywhere in in left field.
0: Really? Right? That's my right. Am I wrong in saying that? No.
1: Yanks okay. fan 84. Thanks for the super chat. He said, I was playing against the Yankees in the new MLB MLB, the show uh, tech test and the computer had DJ playing <coughs> third. So even the game knows Donaldson <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. All okay. right. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So not Cashman's computers. That's the only thing that
0: trumps Cashman's computers His ego. So you have a guy that is legitimately one of the if not he he he's an elite he is an elite right fielder. He's not elite anywhere else defensively. That's my opinion. Okay. On, I no I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen him play left field, but I don't think he would be as good in left as he is in right.
1: It's not that even about him being as good, it's about you're taking a position now given the given the dimensions of Yankee Stadium. Right? You're taking a position now that is completely different than the position that he became elite at. Now, you're also taking away the biggest threat that Judge has, and that's turning a double into a triple or a little knock into right field with a guy on first who maybe gets a good a good start from him taking third instead of just staying at second base. Why are you? Do- I'm not saying G doesn't have the arm, but again, how many games has he played in right field since he came here? Why are we messing with it?
0: Do you know how oh, long played, it takes? Well, he played a lot of right field in 18 when Judge broke his wrist. I would say it was probably the last time he played significant time. And uh, do you in know right how long field?
1: it takes to just truly to become elite to a point where it's not well, just about your skill; it's about knowing your environment. That's what the that's
0: what my point is, right? You have no. If you look at right field, if you say Yan- name all the Yankee question marks, you could have a laundry list of them. Why right field should not be one of them? Because you figure you have the best player in the world in his best position. Why would you deviate from that? Right. Any smart, any smart, rational person, anybody running a baseball team that does that that has any sense of brains has like would say to themselves. I have the best player in the world. This is his best position. Let's play him there. You know, It's like, okay, well, he's a 10 here, but he might be a 7 here, and we need to do... No, 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 just stop thinking. Just for one time, just stop thinking about shit and just figure, this is his best position. Let's play him here. Let's fix the other problems instead of playing musical chairs with everybody. Yeah, and
1: that's the most frustrating thing, right? It's that Cashman seems to constantly do this lately and by lately i mean the last handful of years is instead of addressing a question mark and and solidifying that he replaces it with
0: another question mark he's done it prob- time and time again this is the problem with i would aaron hicks right aaron hicks has become such a problem on this team that now the second year in a row we're going to play aaron judge out of position because we because he cannot uh, function as a competent major league baseball player, and and that and and this is another problem here, right? I didn't want to get riled up today, but now I'm going to get fucking riled up. You see this? You see this happening? That you have this guy on your team that can't play the position you hired him to. That was initially center field, right? You had to go out there and trade for a center fielder. Now he's a left fielder. Can't do that either. So now, for the second year in a row, you have to move your best player around, out of position, because of this guy, and you still keep this guy in the team. Mm-hmm. And here's what here's what you could say: Well, I bet you he has a he has an 850 OPS, and he gets on, you know, and and he he's fast and all this other shit. He steals twenty. No, no, he's terrible. At, he had a 600 OPS last year. Why? Why do I have to yell about this all the time? Why is nothing being done about this? Oh, he makes no fuck the thirty million dollars, and it is easy for me to say. Somebody's gonna say it is easy for me to say fuck the thirty million dollars because the Yankees can easily what just fucking shit out another thirty million dollars by by printing some Aaron Judge t-shirts. I bet you when we go there on April first, there will be a whole new line of Aaron Judge t-shirts. Then they'll sell a fucking million of them there. That's there's your money to get rid of Aaron Hicks right there. Yeah. Christ, I'll buy two of them. I'll buy an Aaron Hicks jersey if it means uh, getting rid of I'll buy Aaron Hicks merch. I'll contribute that way if it means getting rid of Aaron Hicks. I will take money out of my own pocket to get rid of this guy. But the Yankees don't see. They just don't see these things. You can't tell me that you're running this team and don't think that Aaron Hicks is a problem right now because he is. Nah,
1: he's, he's not the guy. problem.
0: He's not the problem. He's a main problem. I would actually say that having him on the roster is a main, is one of the main problems the Yankees have right now because they're doing all this convoluted bullshit because they won't because he's here. And it, and if you could say, "Oh, they get rid of him, who's going to play left field?" It doesn't matter. Just the fact that you have to think about this shit because of him should eliminate him from being here.
1: I couldn't agree more. But but look, now they double down. It's not it's not just it's they can't even admit to their issues. I mean, they come out there and and then look, I'm not saying that Cashman has to go out and do interviews and throw him under the bus. But they double down. They come out and say he's he's their guy. He thinks he has what it takes. They're confident he could be the guy that they acquired. So so what do you think the fan and then and then he goes out the next week and rips the fans for being irrational?
0: You can say whatever you want about we've been through it a hundred times about all the all the other stuff that Aaron Hicks has, has done. The quitting on the team, the taking the shots at Aaron Boone, all this other stuff that he's done. If you just look at what he's done inside by not being a good I'm asking him to be great by being by not being a good baseball player. That should be enough to say, that's it. I'm done. We're trying to win a championship here. But no, they're going to carry this along because they won't do. They just won't. I always say this. Yankees go to a line, but they don't ever cross it. This Mm -hmm. would be them crossing the line saying, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. I don't care how many years you have left. I don't care how many how much money you have left. We're trying to win here. You're not contributing to that. Goodbye.
1: Well, same thing with the trades. The point I was making with the trades. They approach the line. You think they might cross it, and they never do. It's the same thing.
0: I mean, we're the foolish ones. I said yes. this a while ago. I said this a while ago when we, we were dissecting these things. Who's the one guy that that Brian Cashman would sell his daughter into into indentured servitude for? Garrett Cole. Yeah, his white whale. He would not go above and beyond to trade for Garrett Cole. Why do we think he's going to do it for anybody else on the planet? And I know this is five years ago, but Garrett Cole was the guy he was chasing since Garrett Cole was 18 years old. And he wouldn't give up Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier for him. Both of the guys, by the way, he got <laughs> nothing for, absolutely nothing, the Yankees got in return for Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier. Would not give those guys up for Garrett Cole, so why do we now think he's going to go above and beyond for anybody else in Major League Baseball? This right. is Garrett Cole we're talking about. You're 100% right. So, again... Just look at the facts, people. I don't think we're being irrational in the way we speak about Brian Cashman. I say this all the time. I hope that every move Brian Cashman makes is the be- is is the, is a winner. I hope it's gold because I want more than I more than anything. I want this team to win a World Series. I also have to be realistic about things. I have blind faith, and I have, re- and I'm also realistic. My blind faith is that everything is just going to be fucking wonderful, and they'll win the World Series. But realistically, you have to look at the way he operates now. You feel better? No, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it's going to annoy me the first time that they put Aaron Judge in left field. It, it just is because it doesn't need to happen. You there's 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 things that you could do. They don't have to be major blockbuster moves. You mean to tell me if you didn't offer something of, of decent relevance to the Twins for Kepler, you couldn't get him? Come on now. They don't really want him. They signed fucking Joey Gallo, for Christ's sake. They, they don't want fucking Max Kepler. Juris pro Profar's still out there. Is he crazy, a needle mover? No, but he's somebody you can stick out there. He's not going to strike out a ton. He's going to put the bat on the ball, play decent defense, and that keeps Aaron Judge in his primary position. I'm willing to do things just to. Now we have to sacrifice things like this, saying this to ourselves: oh, we got to do this just to make sure they don't fuck with Aaron Judge because that would be the one thing you would think the Yankees wouldn't do.
1: Yeah, but here's my point: is that I don't know that I don't know that that wouldn't cause more issues for them. Because what are they going to do with DJ Lemayu? That's a serious question. He well, we just came out the other day.
0: At, we have to address one thing at a time, Chris. Yeah, but... The simplest, the simplest thing for them to do is to not mess with Aaron Judge. Would you say that would be correct? Yes. Have uh, they even mastered that part?
1: No. 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 But in my point here is that maybe they weren't so aggressive because if they weren't going to get a guy that was going to be a big impact guy out there. Maybe they had other plans internally. Maybe it was what I said a couple weeks ago, maybe putting Stanton out there so that DJ could DH, but no, that, that can't even work. I mean, let me ask you a question. I understand their concern, but can we all agree that Stanton was actually pretty, has been pretty good every time they put him out there? Yeah, he's, I don't think he's a liability. So why are we treating him like one so much so that we have to move our elite MVP winning right fielder to left?
0: Well, the the answer is they don't think he's going to hold up physically. And if you're going to come at me, I don't know. That's just uh, that's how they think. Okay, that's right. their answer. Right.
1: Right. But why are they going above and beyond with that? Why not just leave Matt DH? Why play Stanton out there?
0: Because they know they
1: have a problem. What's the problem? Aaron Hicks is the problem. Then you don't have to play Aaron Hicks. You could play Cabrera out there. He did great too.
0: Not in left field. Yes, he did. He was not a good left fielder. He was fine out there. Uh, I I said this. I would feel more comfortable with him in right field than I would in left field.
1: You could play anyone out there. You could call someone up. Call Gardy. Bring Gardy back. There were so many easy, non-risk moves there. Why isn't it happening? You tell me. Because Hicks is not their problem.
0: Brian Cashman is your
1: GM. They could wake up tomorrow and Hicks is not a problem. They just let him go. DJ LeMayu is the problem here. Because because why? Because of the problem they acquired last year in Wash Donaldson. And they won't sit him. Who should play third? A healthy, one hundred percent DJ, or Josh Donaldson? Well, I mean, that's pretty obvious.
0: Is it? To me, it is. It's to, not you. to
1: you, no, it is. To me, it. You know who? But guess what? Being obvious to me and you doesn't matter. You know who it matters to? The one, per, the one entity that that it does matter to, that it sh- that can make a change. They don't see it somehow. The ones that actually matter don't see it. And they're not going to sit them.
0: I think to paraphrase Boone, what he said, I, I think he said "I you would be crazy to think that a bounce back isn't in it, in there right. for exactly. Washington. Yep. There you go. Aaron, <laughs> I mean, no, nobody has a better viewpoint of, of the games than you do. So, I mean, unless the bubbles that you blow are so big that they obstruct your view. I mean, I, can you re- honestly? Can you recall somebody looking as lost as he did in the postseason in the last twenty years for the Yankees? No, no. But it, you know the Yankees are going to lean back on that. Oh, he's elite defensively. Great. That's not why you acquired him, right? You acquired great. You know lost- who? You know
1: who else was pretty pretty good over there at third base? Gio Urshela.
0: You took on Washington's contract because you thought you were getting a middle of the order hitter, right or wrong? Right. Because if you wanted an elite third baseman, you did trade for one, you dumbass, and you stuck on that shortstop.
1: Crazy. Uh, real quick, big sexy Yankee, another uh, super chat. Thank you. He said we passed on Arenado because we will not give, we wouldn't give Andujar. I don't remember that. If I'm being honest.
0: Uh, I think the Yankees had discussions about it. Uh, what's his face? I don't know. If you, tell was... me,
1: if you tell me any trade they passed on because of Andujar, um or Frazier, I, I believe you. I, I think the probability is there. The likelihood is there at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's there, huh? Okay. Um, one other thing, though. we got a couple of things to get to here before uh... – before we wrap up here. I want to read this because I I think you know that I love uh, and he hasn't even pitched for uh, for the Yankees yet, but I, I love Carlos Rodon. All right. Okay. This is um, this is from Saturday. Is Saturday, I want to say. Did this happen Saturday? Uh it was uh, written on Sunday, so it maybe it happened on Saturday, but this is uh, oh, this is actually on Friday. I'm sorry. Okay, Throwing live batting practice to his new teammates on Friday, Rodon's fuse was ever so slightly lit as he and Jose Trevino went one-on-one. The left-hander barked, are you going to swing while Trevino was watching all six pitches in a simulated at-bat. The bat never moved as Rodon unleashed a blur of power fastballs and a sharp slider that made him the winner's top free agent pitcher. He's barking at his fucking catcher, of all people, in a simulated game. How do you not love this guy? Is
1: it real barks? Was it real barks, or was it just like a baseball player being a baseball player? I
0: the way this reads is he was like he's not going to fucking swing like he was getting mad at him, like he wanted him. To- he's a competitor, man.
1: He he really is. I think, and I don't want to take anything away from Cole because we've seen Cole drop his balls out there. We've seen Cole get into it and, and and you know light that fuse, but I think we're gonna what we've missed from from Cole, what maybe he underwhelmed us with that. We thought we were gonna get a little more of that out of Cole. We're gonna get the full effect with Rodon. I think we're gonna fall in love with this guy pretty quickly.
0: No, I believe so as well. And uh if you're in the chat uh, let me let me hear I hope that you're here because you said that you were gonna be here uh at Adam's life 1028 okay I hope that you're in the chat you said you were gonna be here Chris if he if he says hello let me know okay, okay. uh because he was very upset at me uh for for this for this follow-up tweet that I had okay okay fuck you I hate I just hate everything right now uh, Technology, bro. This is what happens when you get old. Right? You gotta keep up. All right, here. Because uh Shawnee B tweeted to me, he goes, I believe he will have an impact on Cole as well. And I said, It's something I've been saying since he signed here. He's a threat to Cole being the ace, and that will only make Cole better. And um my my buddy here, Adam, I believe his name is oh, I would hope his name is Adam. He's going by Adam life. He got upset. He says, I have a personal hate for Garrett Cole. Really? A personal? <laughs> which could not, he says, which could not be further from the truth. Uh, we actually, we hashed it out. Um, he's actually a big fan of the show. But he was upset that I've been, t- he, he feels like I've been taking shots at Garrett Cole throughout the offseason. I don't think I've been taking shots at Garrett Cole throughout the offseason. Nice. I think I've been very, I think I've been very fair about Garrett Cole. I think Garrett Cole Failed to live up to what he's supposed to be in 2022 and in the regular season, and that's an ace.
1: Yeah, and I think if anyone has credibility, it's you because you were, you, you stuck your neck out there, man. You put everything out uh, on Garrett Cole last year and he, and he let you down in the regular season. And and we got to say this, we got to, like you just said, regular season, he was, he made up for it in the postseason. We're not saying that he didn't.
0: I thought Garrett Cole was everything Garrett Cole needed to be in the postseason. That's, he was an ace in the postseason, but he was not, in in my opinion, he was not an ace in the regular season. Nowhere near And And listen, you, I'm not going to mention their names because I guarantee you, you already know who the fuck they are. But again, if you want to go listen to that sterile, everything is okay, everybody's awesome bullshit. They're the top dogs, okay? They they want to sign. They, they fucking said they would sign for Garrett Cole's 2022 and 2023. They would sign for it. That's insanity. That's insanity. Okay? When, as a fan base, did we get so okay with mediocrity? Gary, Gary, Garrett Cole for an ace was mediocre last year. He just was. I'm sorry. It pains me to fucking say it because I love Garrett Cole. I really do. He's one of my favorite players on the fucking team. But he was not great last year. Garrett Cole is paid to be fucking great. Fact of fiction.
1: Right? It, right. It, look, again, if you just if you had a bunch of numbers up on a up on a screen of 10 random pitchers and you saw Garrett Cole's numbers, you'd say, that's a good pitcher right there.
0: That's pretty good. That's a I great would say, season. Yeah.
1: But then when you find out it's Garrett Cole who's supposed to be the ace of the staff, you go, whoa, maybe not.
0: And we ran a poll, and I'll give you the results right now. Okay, I didn't actually I check said. the final results. It was razor thin, bro. Razor thin. I don't even know if we had a true winner because it was 50-50 for the longest time. Okay. Uh, and I said in your opinion did Garrett Cole pitch like an ace in the 2022 regular season and it finished 51% no Case And posed. here's one of the, And here's and here's uh somebody by the name of Tom, Hi, okay, Tom? He's a Rangers hey, hi, fan. Them. Okay. He says he is ranked in the top tier by most sites in 2022. What the fuck does that have to do with what I asked you? Do you think he pitched like an ace? No, people don't want
1: to do that anymore, man. They want to be told what their opinion is. They want to be told that Garrett Cole was an ace.
0: And Adam, my buddy Adam, dude, is sending me this this chart and tweeted to me like nine times about, about who on this list would you want over Garrett Cole? I, I never said I wanted to get rid of Garrett Cole. I, I want Garrett Cole here. I don't regret the signing. I don't regret any of that. Love him. I really, no. But he wasn't good last year, and when I say good, it's good in context of what he's supposed to be. When I look at an ace, Chris, you think an ace has a three five zero ERA? would that no. does that stream ace to you? No, it's got to be sub three, at least three ten at the worst. Like three ten is the bottom line. Would you say? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's job is to be the best pitcher here, and he didn't even do that last year. That's the. That's the. That's the least of what he should do is be the best pitcher on his own staff and he wasn't even the best pitcher on his own staff right last that's year. my point he gave up and look he's a fly ball strikeout pitcher we know that they're going to give up home runs but a lot of the times Chris the Garrett Cole give up home runs because he got he got beat by the batter or because he beat himself
1: beat himself every almost every single time there was one instance I can I can't Put my finger on it, and
0: it was, it was in, Vlad Guerrero when Vlad Guerrero basically like yes. hit a ball at his it fucking was a, neck. It
1: wasn't a bad pitch, and I and look right away admitted admitted it, it wasn't a bad pitch. I didn't think that Cole beat himself there. I think Vlad's just that good, but ninety nine percent of the time he just he defeats himself, and I think he I really think he took a big step forward in the postseason with that, and I think that could go a long way. And, and here's what I'm and just real quick ju- just to reiterate your point not only did he take the big step but now he does have a little fire under his ass because of Rodon being here
0: right and this is when I said when I say a threat to Garrett Cole not because I think Garrett Cole's bad or I don't want him here or I want Carlos Rodon to be the, the the ace of the Yankees we love look we love Nestor right? Did Nestor Cortez really threaten Garrett Cole to be the ace of the Yankees?
1: No, because he just doesn't have
0: the, he just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have, have the, he doesn't have the, first of all, I think he, Nestor's a bulldog on the mound. I think he, I, that's fair to say, right? Yes. But I don't think he walks in there with his dick swinging saying, fuck you, I'm going to take over this team, right? Right. right. Carlos Rodon is saying. That.
1: And and look, to be fair to Nestor, I don't think he wants that. I don't think he he's here to be that. And he shouldn't have but, to
0: be. But Carlos Rodon is walking in here. Oh fuck you! Yeah. know, right? And I love the fact that now you have two alpha dogs at the top of this rotation that yes. are going to push each other to be better. Yes. It's not a knock on Gary Cole that I want to say that I think Rodon will make him better. I think that's it's just a it's a good healthy competition between two guys that want to be the best. Internal competition is always is always important. And I said this on last week's show. Like, I kind of hope that they don't like each other at first and they have this little underlying tension between the two of them that will only kind of push them each a little bit further. Yeah, screw it.
1: Take, Take advantage of it. Honestly.
0: I never... Look, the fact that somebody would think that I hate Garrett Cole, I don't hate Garrett Cole. Like, I don't... And I don't want Garrett Cole to fail shit. I don't even... Players that I truly don't like, like Aaron Hicks and Wash Thompson, I don't even want them to fail.
1: No, because they're going to be here. We're, <laughs> we're fans of the team
0: before anything else. So I want everybody on the Yankees to, to succeed, whether I like them or not. Especially one of my own, one of my personal favorite players. I just don't think that Garrett Cole was that good last year, and I don't think. And anybody that's offended by that, I think you need to really. Look at what how he pitched last year. If you take away, I know that was a big. If you take away the Detroit start, he pitched to a three three ERA. Well, guess what? You can't take away the Detroit start, and a three three ERA is still not that good for an ace. I'm sorry, which he which
1: he had what a three three zero the year before, which was kind of a letdown. Also, I mean, he's got to be better. And and at the end of the day, here's the here's the point that I always make. If you ask Garcole himself, he will tell you the same thing. He's not going to sit there and say he was great last year. He's going to sit there and tell you that he's got to be much better. He's he's here to be much better.
0: Here's the he way was. I look at it, right? Do I want any Yankee pitcher to give up a lot of runs? No, but if, like, let's say last year, Jamison Tyrone gave up a four spot. Okay, I'm just, I'm upset at the fact that he's not pitching well, but I don't feel like somebody punched me in the fucking gut. Right. When, when a third run crosses the plate, and Garrett Cole starting, I feel like somebody punched me in the yes, stomach. Yes, agreed. And that is what I mean by being an ace. I expect elite level pitching every time he goes. I know it's unrealistic to expect it, but I just expect that. And too many times last year, we were let down yep. by him. Yep. And I'm sorry. Like if you if you're okay with being okay, then that's you. That's not me. That's not how. That's not the way I like. Here, I'll put this into a perfect context right here, right? If Aaron Judge goes out there this year and hits 270, you know, 28 home runs, drives and 80 runs, would you call that, on its own, would you call that a bad season?
1: On its own, in a vacuum?
0: Yeah. No. For the reigning MVP that just yes. got $40 million a year, is that a bad season? Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not what you expect. Right, so this is what we're talking about here. There's certain guys that have a certain level of expectation. There's a, there's certain guys that have to be better and better by a lot than everybody else. And there's two really right now. There's two guys on this team that fit that bill, and that's Aaron Judge and that's fucking Garrett Cole. Yeah. And there's a, there's you know Rodon is probably right underneath there, but there's two guys out there that have to be the very best, and they have to be the very best more often than they're not. And that's Judge and Cole. And then when they fall short of that, it's disappointing for us as fans, and it should be disappointing for the team. And the team can't get to where they need to go when those two guys aren't as good as they can be. So it's not a knock on Garrett Cole. So just a couple of comments on that poll here. Okay. Oh, hey. You know, and honestly, dude, if you really, if you really, Think that it is okay that garrett Cole goes out there and pitches to a three five zero ERA again this year and gives it the most home runs in the league. You eat macaroni cooked in a toilet bowl.
1: Yeah, absolutely do.
0: Okay, so <laughs> so just a couple because I, I when I promise people will read them, I like to I like to come through on that promise. Okay. So this was razor thin, man. Fifty-one forty-nine. fans said no, he did not pitch like an ace last year. Brad Jewis said uh, the regular season he was hot and cold, too much shitting the bed in the regular season, but he finally showed up as an ace in the postseason. And then he goes too little, too late, in my opinion. I don't necessarily agree with that last statement because anybody that's followed the show for a while now, especially towards the end of last year, we said, you know, we got to a point where Garrett Cole said, you know, Garrett Cole can go out here in September and run off five perfect games. It doesn't matter. What he does in the postseason now is what counts. Right. So if you if he gave us that postseason, I don't think it's too a little too late. I think he kind of salvaged his, his year where you wouldn't say it was a complete bust of a year for him because at the end of the day, he in the most important games in October, he showed up. So I wanna give him you have to give him credit for that. Well, at least,
1: you have to think of it like this. You know, his first goal is to lead this team into the postseason. And the Yankees got there despite his lackluster performance all year. And once that happens, it's kind of like us saying, like, we hate this guy. We hate Aaron Hicks. But if Aaron Hicks goes out there and has a friggin' amazing season, you say, okay, you know, it is what it is, man. I'd rather that then us
0: be right at that point. Well, Absolutely. Us, I'd rather Aaron Hicks make an all-star team this year than him Same being terrible. Same
1: thing has to happen with Cole, right? You accept it for what it is. You didn't get what you expected. He didn't do his job. He didn't complete his first goal, but guess what? His team picked him up, and now he has a second chance because his second goal and his more important goal is that once he's there, he has to be the guy who, who leads this team to a world series. And he, in, in all the power that he had, he showed
0: up. I mean, it's not his fault that his manager waved the white flag with him on the mound. Right. Exactly.
1: So, so in that sense, I, I get where, where Brad's coming from, but at the same time, you got to kind of, you got to take things for what it is. We're mad at him for being bad in the regular season, but they still got there. They still got to the postseason, so you kind of have to take it for what it is, and then base your base your true feelings of him on when it came time to to really to really show up, and he, and he's one of the only guys that did.
0: Uh, would you do this trade? Okay, Alex Verdugo for with Torres. Oh.
1: That's a twofold because Verdugo's a good player and also he kills the Yankees.
0: Maybe. Maybe I would, yeah. Oh, I do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Alex Verdugo, I mean, this is what really swayed me on it, even though. uh, Oh, and then you could play
1: the multi gold glove award winning second baseman at second base again.
0: Yes, you can do that. Right. Verdugo struck out less than 100 times in, in 140 plus games last year.
1: Yeah, I think that would make this team way
0: better. Way better. He couldn't take he couldn't take his team picture with an iced out uh, grill in his mouth though, like he did today. Mm, yeah. yeah. So uh before we wrap up the show, we do have a we do have a comment from Aaron Boone that uh and this is actually Aaron Boone, it's not a trick, guys. <laughs> wanna, yeah, no, yeah,
1: this is actual Aaron Boone audio. <laughs> we do have to preface with that when we play real audio. Oh, let's tease real quick. I think next week I haven't secured the audio yet, but I'm pretty sure we have a a, a leaked voicemail from one Yankee to another. And uh, don't I don't want to give too much away because I don't want to disappoint. But just be be on the lookout for next episode.
0: We've been having trouble getting that. You you got it.
1: Well, I have to make maybe one or two more calls. Okay. So, are am I playing the Boone audio? You want to? You want to? No, I just
0: no. I mean, just to put a bow on on Colin Rodon. I mean, look, man. Like I said, these are two alpha dogs here, and I think anybody that thinks anything other than that is is silly. Uh, this is a good thing for the Yankees. And I think they're going to push each other to be the best versions of themselves. And uh, I'm really excited to see these two pitch 60 plus times in the Yankee uniform. Well, hopefully 70, 75 plus times, but you know, uh, that would take the Yankees into deep into October, but I'm really excited to see these two together anchoring the, this pitching staff. Oh, absolutely. But this is Aaron Boone. Uh, he was asked if he, uh, if he addressed the team when everybody reported to camp, uh, the other, uh, I think, yesterday he was asked this.
1: Okay, here's the here's a quick clip. I think it's about thirty five seconds or so.
0: And did you address the team this morning? Did you have Aaron address the team this morning? And what was kind of the overall message?
1: Yeah, uh, I did. Um, just trying to set the tone and what our expectations are, and um, you know the kind of.
0: Kind of culture we want to have moving
1: forward. Um, I don't know. I kind of leave it at that. Um, you know, I probably
0: spoke for about fifteen minutes to the guys, but just trying to set the tone of, you know, what our expectations and and what we want to be moving forward. So I don't think he said anything really inflammatory there, but it's it's interesting that he said that he wants to set the tone of the expectations of of what they are of what this team is going forward. What exactly are your expectations? What exactly is this team's expectations? Do they expect to win the World Series?
1: Well, I think for me, two things kind of stood out. The first one is he just he just seems lost. He doesn't... You know when you have the right guy there. You know just in the tone of his voice right now when there hasn't even been a game played yet that this is a brand new season. And it's just like, there's just so many closed doors that we don't, that we don't get to see behind. Give us something a little more, give us a little more than what you've been giving us over the last handful of years. And then it's just like, he's talking about culture and, and all this. Dude, these guys are here and they're putting on the Yankee pinstripes. You don't have to talk about what the culture should be or what the expectations are. You should be talking about the game plan to get there because the expectations and the culture should be assumed.
0: The culture should have been set. What is the Yankee culture? That you can fail miserably and still have a job?
1: Well, that's exactly my point is that we, the guys in place that are supposed to be setting the tone, setting the culture, setting the expectations. They're the wrong people. And when it starts from the top down, it's going to be very difficult to overcome that.
0: This is what genuinely scares me about this team, right? I can find things that I'm very excited about to watch I'm very, uh, this season. I'm excited to see how Aaron Judge follows up an MVP caliber, uh, not an MVP caliber year his second, let's be fair, he that's his second MVP season that he's had. Okay? Yes. How he, and a record-breaking one at that. How he follows that up this year. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see how Rodon and Garrett Cole challenge each other and how the two of them can possibly be the best two pitchers in the American League. I'm excited to see that. But Chris, there's just a fundamental flaw in this team and the team is not led by a strong man. And that bothers me. I think Aaron Boone is weak. I think he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a hell of a guy. I think he's a genuinely good human being. But does that mean that he should be leading the New York Yankees? Well, to be
1: fair, I I don't think he came here that way. I really don't. I think he saw a lot more fire and a lot more strength out of Boone.
0: There's a lot of good things about Aaron Boone, but the problem is, is that there's something that he said that he I can never get over and that Pete is big on this and I'm you know what and I'm not saying that I had it's an original thought because it's something that Pete's always talked about and I can't disagree with him and it's it bothers me Dude, you said you were bullied by an umpire yeah I knew that's where you were going you said you were bullied by an umpire you were you are Aaron Boone the manager of the New York Yankees. You can never ever utter those words and show that type of weakness because that just trickles down into your team. yeah. there are so many other ways to just dis- to describe your feelings about how the umpire acted that day than saying that you were bullied. It just it's it, again it, I, I probably talked about this a lot last week, but it just goes back to Aaron Boone's mentality. he doesn't get it. Aaron Boone doesn't get what it means to be the Yankee manager. He's been here 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This is his sixth season, right? Yeah, I had to count that out. Okay? Okay. This is his sixth season. Joe Girardi got this, quote, core, the closest to the World Series, and then they brought Aaron Boone in, and they haven't gotten as close as Joe Girardi did. And and yeah, Nowhere we, near it. We, we yeah, we used a booner for Boone. Yeah, dude, because we liked Boone. We did. We in the first couple years we liked Boone. We're the ones well, I remember when I used to sit over in that fucking corner and record and screaming my head off on a Saturday morning about how the during the height of COVID, this motherfucker was in there getting COVID tested in the rain to go on a bus after he had a pacemaker put in. Let's go win a World Series for that guy. And then th- that was like that was like the crescendo, and then it just all came crashing down after that. I got bullied by an umpire. Uh, I'm going to show the 0-4 Red Sox highlights. Yeah, and yeah I'm going to go back. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go back to the thing with the Giants because it just—it's a—it's a lack of awareness with him. It's just a lack of awareness and what it means to be the Yankee manager. Yeah, I don't know if Joe uh, Joe Girardi or Joe Torre were were fans of other football teams. I really don't. But if they if they were playing, their if the Giants or Jets were playing their favorite team in a playoff game, could you would you ever think those words that Aaron Boone spoke would come out of either one of their mouths? No, I couldn't.
1: Well, look, to be fair, to be fair to Boone, when you have a general manager that has as much power as Brian Cashman has, your manager is only going to be as good as your general manager.
0: Your manager is well, yeah. only going to be as good oh, as he's allowed to be. Well, we all know that's the reason why George Girardi's not here is because, uh, you know, he couldn't pull the the strings on George Girardi.
1: It's just, you know, and, and it's no excuse because it man up, and, and you know what? And if it was that bad, don't take the don't take another contract. Move on. Right, be a man. It, right, be your be your own right. person. If you're being, suppressed you mean to tell me much, you can't
0: you can't make high six figures? You know, right? Going back into a booth somewhere, so you can't live. You can't live comfortably. You know, doing doing a couple of games a week. Uh, you know, right? You know, for ESPN or Fox. So Come it's on. not
1: it's you not an excuse, but it does go back to the to the bigger picture of this is who we have. And so long as Brian Cashman is still at the top of this organization, we're just gonna get the same thing over and over. Whether it's Aaron Boone or someone else,
0: yeah. But Aaron Boone has now said and done these things, so now it's time. Well, for somebody it's part else. of it,
1: you know, it took a good few years for him to be broken down, and then to truly—he doesn't just believe in the Yankee mentality anymore, the Cash mentality mentality. He lives it. He is it.
0: Well, they said. I think I believe they said when he went into his interview, right, and they put all these scenarios in front of him. He batted a thousand, like everything that right. they want, they would have wanted. He said he had said in his interview, like that's how he would have done it. So he believes in what they're doing. And I look as long as Brian Cashman is here, I expect the cuck as a, as a as a manager. But I don't need the complete cuckery combined with the lack of awareness. Right. Agreed. That's my problem with Aaron Boone right now. Agreed. Yeah, you could have got anybody off the street to come in here and be a cuck and be the manager of the Yankees, but not everybody would say, I got bullied by an umpire today. Right. No, my team's facing getting swept in the LCS. Let me show these highlights of the organization's greatest failure. Let me piss off my entire fan base by, or not my entire, but let me piss off a good portion of my fan base by by acting a fool right now. You know? And and it's not even that, too. Like, I said this. I think Aaron Boone is a pretty solid manager April through September. where He's he great. Has not grown, Where he has not grown, and where he needs to is in October.
1: Just he's always still, questioning things.
0: He's been in the postseason every year since he's been here. He should be he's a pro. Not learned, he should not learn. And to me, he's not learned from any of his mistakes. Not one. So... So this is again, I want to set the tone. What's the tone, Aaron? You're the fucking manager. What is it? Is Aaron Hicks gonna be in the lineup on day one? Is Wash Donaldson gonna be on the lineup in day one? Because if you want to set the tone of what the expectations are for this team, you can do that as the manager. Enough is enough. Hey, Brian, fire me. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm the manager. These guys are not fucking playing. You won't get me new players. I'll play the ones that are here, but those two aren't aren't going to be in the right. lineup. Right. You think Brian Cashman's going to fire him? Let him fire you then, because if that's the working environment you have to work under, no one the to fuck wants to be here. there. Who's going to succeed here under those circumstances? Right. Who would want to? A cuck would. A cuck. So, what are the expectations? Are the expectations to win the World Series? Are the expectations are just to be good enough to get into the postseason because you because your general manager thinks it's all crapshoot? What are the expectations here? Because to me, it's beating the fucking Astros for once. One time. One time in the postseason can we beat the Astros? That's my expectation. That's what I expect out of this team. One time to go toe-to-toe with the goddamn Astros and beat them in the friggin' postseason. That's what I expect out of you. I expect to at least be one of the final two teams standing in Major League Baseball this season. That's what I expect. You can't sell me on anything other than, oh, we had a hell of a run. You don't have a hell of a run at it, bro, when you fail that miserably in the postseason. You don't. That's not what we come to expect as being Yankee fans. And I don't look. Oh, you're spoiled. No, I'm not spoiled. I'm I'm realistic, dude. The money, the resources that are put into this team, we should not have the type of failures that we have. Right. I, I like to look at things in a realistic prism sometimes, and you, I think it's uh, the right way to be as fan. I always say you can have your blind hope that everything's going to work out, and I also think that you can you have to have the sense of realism. And the sense of realism is that when you have the prospects the Yankees have. And you have the money that the Yankees have. They should not be as far away from winning a championship. Couldn't agree more. You know, and people are like, oh, I saw, read this the other day. The Yankees are a good, talented team. What are fans upset about? No one said the Yankees weren't a good, talented team. Nobody is sitting here telling you that. The Yankees are a good, talented team. In my estimation, they're going to win the fucking American League East this year. I know I was very down on them coming into the season last year. I'm much more higher on them coming into the season this year in terms of winning the division. For sure. Is that the goal, though? No. The goal is to be the American—at the very, very, very least to be the American League champions. Right or wrong?
1: (laughs) At this point, man— I think it's just us being so desperate for some type of hardware. Yeah, fine. I'll, take, gonna, a pen, I'll take a pen. will take
0: a pen. You're gonna get. We're gonna get to the point where if we beat the Astros once in the fucking ALCS. We'll be happy about it. Right. That's how. That's how much of a failure this team has been recently. That we look back at twenty nineteen fondly because we took them to six games. Crazy. But. Hey, those are the expectations. That's that's the tone you need to set. Hey, you're a baseball guy, bro. Act like it. So, as we wrap up here, listen. April first is approaching very, very quickly. Uh, that second wave of tickets, there are a very, very limited number still available. So, if you have not gotten your tickets to the event April 1st in the Audi Club for uh, the San Francisco Giants and the Yankees, 4 o'clock game. Please do so. The link is pinned to our our profile at NYYST underscore podcast. Patreon. We have not plugged that in a while. Uh, I will be doing some Patreon uh, soon. So if you have not uh, become a patron, please do so. Go to patreon.com slash NYYST. $5 a month will get you bonus content. Uh, That you won't get anywhere else. We're gonna, I'm gonna be bringing that back very, very shortly. Now the season's back to spring training anyway. There's, there's gonna be more to talk about. So Patreon will be back. So head over there. Follow us as I said on Twitter at nyyst underscore podcast. If you're still in the chat, please like this video and subscribe to nyy news TV. Hey man, we're getting very, very close to 15k. If you haven't subscribed yet, let's go. We want to hit that number before the season starts in Apple Podcast, If you're listening there, please leave us a five-star rating and review. We want to thank everybody that's uh, listened and watched the episode 320 of the podcast. We, we love you guys. We want to thank you for your continued support. Uh, I, that's all I got. So, Chris, say goodbye. why N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk,
1: swinging for the fences, knock it out the park This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, Christian and Chris, of course SGR This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk Record,
0: rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas